If you're hearing this podcast and want more like it, visit patreon.com slash dissecting the 80s where you can get like 30 hours of bonus content at the $5 tier. Visit patreon.com slash dissecting the 80s to find out more. Welcome to Dissecting the 80s. I am Trip Lano, one half of the mega podcasting powers. And with me, as always, is this podcast's Roman, the Macho Mandrew. Andrew Lano. I don't know if I love that. I'll let it slide, but I don't know if I love it. I'm more of the Annette Benning. <laughs> I just like to get a little bird in every once in a while. If I can, if That's it's like, a sometimes shot. It's like, <laughs> if we're being honest, I'm definitely just... more the Annette Benning of this podcast. <laughs> that seems more accurate. I just thought you would not like that and it would abuse me. Yeah. And check box both boxes. Uh, we are... Uh, celebrating a new holiday on this podcast. Uh, it is Candy Yams. Did you know uh, John Candy's birthday is Halloween? No, I didn't. That's really yeah. fun. Yeah. So uh, this is like sort of close to that anyway. Uh, he would have been 72 this Halloween. If we didn't have, if we didn't love the spooktacular so much, we could do a, a mm-hmm. before and after Wheel of Fortune and do Halloween Candy Yams <laughs> and do yeah, four yeah. episodes in a row of John Candy. <laughs> just all John Candy. Well, maybe, maybe we'll slip nothing but trouble in down the road, mm. which is kind of like a horror movie. Uh, although that might be 93. But anyway, um, so this is a, uh, a new month. Uh, maybe we're not sure. Sometime, it may or may not be all candy all November. Maybe it will. Maybe it won't. Uh, but uh, we will certainly do a, a John Candy movie every Thanksgiving. So we are kicking things off this new month with one of our family faves. Uh, it is The Great Outdoors with Dan Aykroyd from 1988, directed by Howard Dorch. And we watched it, so you know what that means. We gotta go back. We gotta go dissect the 80s. It's your bald-headed killer bear! Something about your bald-headed killer bear! When the mega powers explode! I'm talking about the 80s. Great Scott! When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious shit. <laughs> you are clipping way more than normal on that one. I'm imagining the audio file is oh, just I like am. a bunch of really sharp spikes. Yeah, it's it's wide. It's it's tall and wide. <laughs> I also just like I keep getting further away from Christopher Lloyd. <laughs> it's really it is sort of its own thing i mean it is the 229th episode of this podcast so maybe i wish we can retire i wish someone a bit. who cared enough to just cut out just me saying that from the beginning so we can hear how like how off the rails it's gotten <laughs> maybe for episode 250 i will get one from episode like take, take like yeah take like something. the first couple and then the last couple yeah. and <laughs> we'll just hear how it what happened? Although, although if somebody wants to make a super cut of all of them, be my guest. I will happily, yeah. uh, you know, happily promote the hell out of that. Um, this is, as I said, one of our family faves. So if you're out there, we'd love to hear what yours are because I feel like this is a staple thing for all families. That there is a movie that is popular in your household, high, much higher than its relative popularity outside. Oh yeah, I like I, I feel like Flight of the Navigator is one of those that like. Yes, family fave for us for yeah. sure. It's like although. Much like Flight Navigator, I feel like this has not come on rotation in the like family beach house trips. 
Flight of the Navigator dipped out, and I feel like this one lost event. Some it used to be this and Summer Rental were guaranteed summer movies, mm-hmm. and then it started to fade. And Summer Rental was like the more often picked one, and then it just hasn't happened. Yeah. So, uh, but also you know we're we're all older. We do other things than just watch a movie now. So the puzzles become a popular thing. That's true. Just, you know, family pastimes change, so we we do other because I don't think I feel like uh, I haven't yeah. seen this in maybe ten years at this point. It had been, I don't think it's quite 10 years for me, but it's been quite a long time. I feel like it's popped on at the house in the more recently than in 10 years, but um, I really enjoyed watching this. And I, I, this is a thing I was talking about with my wife uh, not too long ago. We had like a real lazy day and we were, I was like doing a lot of Halloween movie watching, watching a lot of scary stuff. And it's like, all right, do you want to do like, you want to just like order some pizza in the in the like when Domino's opens and just like eat the pizza all day and watch horror movies because like we could both use a day of nothing and it was like yeah that sounds dope so we did that we got pizza and we watched three movies uh, not back to back to back but like three movies over the course of the day and I was saying like you got to pick your morning movie carefully oh yeah because like there there are morning movies and there are not morning movies and like there is not a there is not a like there you know there is a hard line between the two so you really got to be careful and i happened to watch this in the morning which is not something i was like intending to do or anything but i was like oh this a is good a morning great movie great morning movie i i think it's a great morning movie it's very cozy mm-hmm. like the the cabin like even though it's like sort of a vacation gone awry movie like the cabin itself is very cozy and it's just like you know a good you know cup of coffee and a donut movie is, is just really solid my boyfriend actually had that exact same conversation the other day because i was like oh, really folding i was like doing laundry so i was like slightly i don't want to say active but i was like doing an activity but mm-hmm. we like wanted to like hang out and like watch something while i did that and he was like well we could watch the new interview with a vampire that we both really want to watch and i was like it's like 9 a.m. on a Saturday or 10 a.m. on a Saturday. I was like, <laughs> I really want to watch that show, but it feels like the it shouldn't be this bright out. Yeah, yeah, I get that. And also there's like a vibe too. like certain horror movies could be morning horror movies, yeah. but not all horror movies. Yeah. Like I think like so we, we ended up watching the first two scary movies that like actually good okay. ones. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel I feel like Scream and, or, and I know what you did last summer could be morning horror movies. Uh, scream because i think uh you need to have like familiarity and then the vibes is like the two mm-hmm. the, one, either one or both uh or you know is, is important and for, like you know i love scream my wife loves scream it's probably her favorite um you know that's that's one that's totally a morning movie for us i actually suggested scream that morning for the pizza and we ended up picking something else but it was like scream feels like a good morning movie for us yeah. <laughs> like it's not it's not too yucky it's not too intense and because you've seen it a bunch of times it's like all familiar and you know it's yeah so you get to do uh, your drew barrymore yeah. impression so yeah yeah uh i can't say enough good things about that movie by the way i truly think scream? it's a, it's a mo- modern masterpiece oh, yeah. yeah it's a it's I mean, I know that like this isn't like a bold opinion to say. It, <laughs> hot take, truly, yeah, yeah, like hot take. Hot take. Scream is great, but it's it truly is like a, a modern masterpiece. Well, it's it's like, one of the well, movies that I would say like changed. I mean, I mean, movies, but changed horror movies. Absolutely, it did. Yeah, and then made a lot of bad imitators, much like Halloween. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Onto this movie, which I do genuinely like and I'm looking forward to talking about. The thing I think that really works for this movie more than anything else is how much the the Chester family... Right? That's their last name, right? No, his first name is Ripley. It's Ripley and um, Craig. Does does he play Jack Chester in another movie? Is that his character in in, uh, in A Summer Rental? One moment. Okay. 
Jack Chester is the name of his character in Summer Rental, so which is funny. Jack Chester in Summer Rental, Chet Ripley, Chester Chet Ripley in this, his son Buckley Buck in this. Okay. So it's... Okay. Yes. Very confusing. Uh, anyway, uh, also, uh, I didn't know this, but in, in reading the, the uh, IMDb, uh, sorry, the wiki for this, um, the three of these characters, along with Ferris Bueller, appear at the end of She's Having a Baby. Yeah, I saw and, that. Like... It's like this weird, like the universe is all the John Hughes verses tied together, which is fascinating. I've never even seen she's having a baby, so I haven't either. I think um, uh, one of our Patreon supporters, Michelle, has thrown it in her um, Patreon request a couple times. It just hasn't gotten pulled, oh. but I, I, in the past, I think I, I think I learned about it through that because our mom liked John Hughes, but only a select yes selections from the catalog, a specific John Hughes. Uh, yeah, so some of John Hughes, I'm like, oh yeah, classic, and then other stuff, I'm like, oh, he made more movies than that, huh? He, it was no. more than just five movies, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, much like John Candy, frankly. Some of the fun I think of this is going to be when we get away from the ones we're familiar with, which is a relatively small selection of his mm-hmm. pretty vast uh, back catalog. Anyway, but the the family, they all like each other very much. Like they're singing, they're doing this yakety sax sing along in the car, and it's like. Sorry, yes, yeah, not the Benny Hill thing, um, but they all like have a defined part. That's like, what this I was is clearly something they it's like do the opposite of Christmas a Vacation. A hundred percent. Not that I had, like obviously both movies set the tone, but like it's nice to see the family enjoys each other. Right, right, and and that like the, the first fifteen minutes of this movie really perfectly shades and fills out who these characters are. They all kind of get some level of motivation and and what you know what's going to be going on with them. And then, uh, unless you're you know, the whole under twelve, build, build unless you're that. twelve or under, in which yeah. case you are here for right. set dressing. Yeah, the young son and the the two daughters are just for gags. Mm-hmm. They are there for gags, and that is it. Which is you're fine. Like, would you like this movie more no. if there was more going on with those characters? <laughs> no, like, no. I, I don't even think. Not. I think the teenage boy doesn't need as much screen time as he gets. I'll yeah, say that now. Yeah, that yeah, that does drag. We'll get there. We'll get there. That does drag for me too. Um and the other thing I love, so you know, they're doing yakety yak and they're singing along and mom does the deep voice, you know, because that's kind of a silly thing. And um we get to the thing, uh the he pulls in bet- between this grove of trees in the parking lot of the place, and we go to an overhead shot, and you can see what's about to happen before it happens, mm-hmm. but it's just a perfectly built visual joke of just like Oh, and then all four doors simultaneously smack into trees. Just really good visual storytelling, visual. Do you think that kind of stuff was written in the script? Because like, I I feel like it's a staple of John Hughes movies. And I don't know like which, like, is it the chicken or the egg? Like, did he write that? Or did he just, in his early movies, found people who did that and it sort of became the genesis? So some of that stuff has to be in scripts, right? And then other stuff I feel like comes when you're location scouting or something like that. Yeah. So I don't know the answer for this particular movie, but some of this has to be like, cause this required renting a crane. Yeah. Right. So this wasn't, this wasn't like Unless a, throw, a like it's pretty easy put to two f- ladders between two, a ladder between two trees. And yeah, I guess they could have done something like that or even just like a 15 foot or 20 foot ladder, but it just, it requires more effort than you think it like now they would just, somebody has a drone and it costs $18 and they just were like, and yeah. then they shot the shot, you know? So I, I, my guess is it was planned, 
a little more in advance, but it definitely feels like, uh, oh, hey, d- this would be funny. You know, like when they were walking around yeah. the thing versus like in the script, like it was a production joke versus a written script joke. But I, I, I don't know. The and sense. John Hughes, frankly, like it wouldn't surprise me if he wrote it. You know, it's it's he was a pretty meticulous person from what I understand. Yeah. Uh, so we go to check in and this is the place. Uh, not only where like John Candy grew up taking vacations, but also where he and his wife honeymooned. Uh, the wife here is played by Stephanie Farisi, who is excellent in this movie. Really good. She and John Candy in particular have spectacular chemistry. They feel like a real couple who love each other. It's fantastic. They do. And she's the mom and Hocus Pocus. Yes. Uh, and she also she popped up in um, it's fairly old now, but uh, I think it's called Mike and Dave need wedding dates. It's I think uh, you're right. I think. I think it's Zac Efron and and Dave Franco and uh, no, I saw her in that. Is it not Zephron? No, it's Zef- it is Dave Franco for sure. Oh, I think I thought it was Zephron and the guy from Pitch Perfect who leaves to be with John Mayer. No, uh, uh-uh. I don't think so. it's Dave Franco. I I thought mm, now I have to look this up. I swear it's Zephron no and guy from Pitch Perfect. I've never seen it, but I've seen the poster. I've seen it. <laughs> no, you're right. It is the Pitch Perfect guy. Uh, Adam Devine, Devine, I'm not sure you say it. You're right, sorry. Uh, anyway, she's in that as one of the parents. I, I forget of whom, and it is irrelevant, but I just remember seeing that movie and being like, hey, the great outdoors! <laughs> and being very excited, the one person who saw that movie and had that reaction. Uh, but so we're we're like checking out the lodge, and it's just like, I don't want to recap every joke in this movie, but there's just so much good stuff there's for good which... Stuff. Yeah, that the candy gets to play with, you know, the for prompt service blow me and he blows on this horn that really like blows out the whole cabin and then this dog leaps up and is barking. It's just good stuff all over. And we get Chekhov's gun lamp. Che- yes, which is a very funny twist on the actual Chekhov's gun, I feel. And as as we like see them being very happy with this like pastoral, is that the word? Yeah, I think, I mean, maybe not 100% correct, but I know what you're saying. Yeah, like, woodsy atmosphere. We keep cutting to this, isn't it Mercedes? Yes. Uh, this, like, silver Mercedes, like, flying around these curves, the mountain curves, to, like, very appropriate sax music. Yeah, and also a lot of close-ups of hands with, like, fancy jewelry. There's a Rolex you can see. There's, like, a gold uh, bracelet on. Yeah, I feel like he should have been wearing driving gloves if he wasn't. Uh, he isn't. You can, he's barehanded, but that would be a nice touch. Uh, also, uh, I, I do want a quick shout out. Robert Prosky is the character actor who plays the um, uh, owner of this uh, this vacation destination where they are. He and his wife own resort. these cabins. And, yeah, resort. Thank you. And uh, he's also the ticket taker in uh, uh, Last Action, last action, action I was like, Hero. he's been in a bunch of yeah. other things. I was like, it's Last Action. Hero. Yeah. A big one. But he every he's like the perfect spice in this movie like every time he comes in he gets one good thing to do and does it perfectly but i really love this is very stupid but he's wearing a shirt in this opening section that just says i've been to duluth like (laughs) i just that is like the perfect encapsulation of a shirt that they if they don't should sell in duluth because it's like I, t- I just it it tickles me like if I if I went to a relatively small place and there was a T-shirt that just says I've been to and the name of the city, I would probably buy it because it's so silly. Yeah, like maybe a state it just outline tickles me the right way. 
No, no, no. It can't have any, it can have no, it just can have the phrase, I've been to blank. There can be no indication of where that is, why that's important. Because who gives a shit about Duluth? People in Duluth, no offense if they're out there listening, but people in Duluth I don't think care that much. Probably not. I also love him, like, riding on the hood of the car as they drive to their cabin. Yeah, I love that they have to give them, like, they have to get direct them. For, like, can you yes. imagine having to direct every person who comes? I mean, I assume it's like five cabins that they own. I assume it's not like a right. sprawling estate, but still. Right. I also assume just some of this is boredom. He's like, yeah, we'll just take you there. Here, my wife and our huge, smelly, slobbery dog will get in your car and I'll sit on the hood and you drive five miles an hour there. <laughs> yeah. Because a few weeks ago, my boyfriend and I went to one of those kitschy champagne tub resorts up in the Poconos mm-hmm. and it was this kind of setup where it was like you went to the main like building to do the check-in and then they're like okay here's a map and here's how you drive to where to where your little yeah, resort, yeah. your little room is I've had that same uh, experience um when I w- we went to uh, Pigeon Forge last year yeah last year they uh they had you check in at this one building and then there were like five buildings that the uh, accommodations were in and they had to like sir it was like a i was like wow this is it was really like vegas vacations that yeah yeah because it was like imagine you're in like one building and then across like a four block spread are the buildings where the actual accommodations are and each of them has a different parking garage with different instructions oh, wow. so i was like okay i hope i got this right um, and I love the uh, line here. She's like, we sunk over $300 renovating this place, not including what we spent on Lysol. Well, I heard that and I was like, is that, was that not impressive in 1980 whatever? Or was that, I was like, I was like I mean, what does inflation mean? I mean, I mean, I think that's like 500 bucks-ish. I could look it up, but mm. that feels about right. It, the joke right. is that they did not spend that much money. Okay. Yeah. I also like, when I was younger, didn't get the joke that this cabin was rented out by a bunch of fishermen who like didn't yeah. clean it. And then the proprietors yes. didn't clean it. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's one of those things where I'm like, if I checked into this place, I would blow a gasket mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm not a gasket blower by, by no. nature, but I would be like, Hey, hi, you have rented me a place with rotting fish all over it, including tiny ones in the ashtrays. I feel like it would have been, th- there's opportunity for bits of like they they like pull down the sheets and go to fluff a pillow and there's a fish mm-hmm. hide, like they just like tuck the fish under the rug like what's this lump under the rug and it's a pile of fish like i do wonder if some of that stuff was like filmed and cut mm. um speaking of fish did you see what the original scripted ending for this movie was and how much worse it is the gold coin no so the original ending for this was the way the twins got in trouble was that they were fishing in the rowboat and a giant fish that was like the legend of the lake like they caught it on a line and then the fish was like dragging them to their doom oh no and they even built a mechanical fish like that was they got that far and then it just didn't it just didn't work right and so they dropped it and rewrote the bear thing 10 years ago (laughs) yeah uh, but I, I was just delighted by the idea of like th- this movie would like I know this movie is not beloved other than in our family, I think, although I'm sure there are other people out there who like this, obviously. But if this movie had a giant fish in it, it would be just I mean, it would be the, it would be the giant octopus in the Goonies. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. 
But you know, the, I saw, I heard the ending that was supposed to be that uh, Chet found a gold, like an, a rare gold coin in the well or the mine. Oh, interesting. And then he was like, so Goonies, kind of, yeah. But it was like one. It wasn't like a. It was like a. It wasn't like a chest. He found like a single gold coin. He was like, okay. well. Now this is like worth millions of dollars, so I'm going to buy the cabin, and we're like, it was, it wasn't just going to be like, and now I'm rich, sucker, get it, <laughs> peace out, nerds. <laughs> it was going to be like, oh, I'm going to buy the cabin, and we're all going to come here every year, and blah 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 blah. But also, I'm rich. Oh, interesting. I did not see that at all. It was not that was not on the wiki. So Ackroyd finally arrives, and he, you know, he the wife gets out, and she's like. I don't know. This is this is weird. Like we're just showing up on their vacation. He's like, "Oh, come on! All the times we invite them to go on the cruises," and she's like, "Yeah, they don't come." But no, she was <laughs> also, like, "That's different. There, we weren't invited here." Yeah, and uh, he follows this up by busting out his sh- shoulder cannon video camera that we used to have. His capital and Y, capital it's... F, your father's video camera, <laughs> trademark. <laughs> yes. And and this part is so weird to me, like that the that the that con like the two the the two women are sisters, and these are the like you know the their husbands, and they don't get along. Is the sort of you know it's sort of a slobs v snobs thing, although the candy group is not really slobs, but they're just not as well off. But he's fi- like they're they're having this like intimate moment, and it's this is the part I was like, oh my god, I cannot believe the chemistry between Stephanie Ferrissey and John mm-hmm. Candy because like they they're it's just so charming and cute. my moment they're is later really for that together. Okay, but they're like he's like you know they're doing like a heavy flirt, starting that they're you know you know gonna go to bed together, and uh, I can't even say go to Bone Town like we normally do because that's not what's happening here. This is like a romantic, yeah. This is like a situation. sweet, it flirty. Seems. Yeah, we're, we're alone. We haven't been alone like this in a while. Yeah, and Dan Aykroyd is filming this and like quote like close enough that he can hear the like silly things they're saying to each other and the other the woman isn't just like stop filming my sister like it's just such a bizarre relationship yeah well and her kids are there she's covering their eyes so at least there's like a little bit of that but yes agreed the children are standing there yeah i think it's funny i mean it's funnier if they're just having like a romantic moment between the two of them that they think they're alone and like confessing feelings and then they're like ha 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 you love each other right right you know they're the like ooh, get a room you two that kind yeah. of thing is like the tone uh but it also i will say totally fills out the character for dan Aykroyd. this and the next sequence where he's looking sitting at the on lake. the uh looking at the lake with john candy also did you notice i don't know if i've clocked this before but they're drinking out of like Burger King or McDonald's type giveaway Star Wars glasses. I did see that online, so I looked up. For, I looked yeah. for it. Okay, I I noticed um, Ackroyd's cup has uh, Jabba on it. Mm. But yeah, they're, so they're sitting there, and and Ackroyd is this like uber capitalist. Like I see, uh, he's he's know, the med- the frozen rich guy from Futurama. A hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. Like the fact that he is not wearing wide suspenders, and a, is it a striped shirt or a blue shirt that they wear? I think it's a blue shirt, like but with sometimes the co- the cuffs and collar are a different or color. white, yeah, yeah. But he's like, I see medical refuse sunken in the lake and sealed for generations, and like I see a paper mill and a mining operation is just like destroying this beautiful, beautiful vista that they're looking at. It's just like an unbelievably beautiful thing that you get to look at. And his only thought is like, how can I maximize? How can I make money off this? this? Yeah, and then he and <laughs> he turns to John Candy. Uh, and he says, now what do you tell, cause he starts his monologue by saying, I'll tell you what I see if you let me. And Candy's like, sure. 
So he goes on his diatribe. <laughs> uh. And then he's like, now you tell me, what do you see? And Candy goes, I, uh, I see trees. I see trees. <laughs> it's delightful. The only thing that uh, would make it better is if they were drinking like more of a drink drink. I, I assume they're just, they don't touch them. It's just like a water glass. But if it was like a G&T and Candy was just like downing it while he was talking. Uh, yes, that would have been p- so perfect. Pick, picks up Ackroyd's and downs his too. I'm like, oh, look Reaches at that. Reaches the cooler to pull out an- another beer. <laughs> Uh-huh. And John Kitty's thing actually reminded me of my boyfriend because as we were like going around, like walking around the resort, I was like, there's a lake somewhere here because you can, in the summer, you can rent paddle boats. So I was like, let's try and find out where the lake is. And I was like, yeah. I think it's up that hill. It, the hill was like just tall enough that you couldn't see over the crest. And so I was like, so let's walk up there. So we, we like walked up and my boyfriend just goes, that's a lake. <laughs> <laughs> It's now our catchphrase, and we, I just, like, lost it. And I was like, objectively not funny, but it also reminded me yeah. of this moment. Yeah, for sure. And there, it's just, like, Candy plays this with just, like, a seething indifference to this man. Like, it's like he doesn't even want to care about this guy enough to hate him. He's just, like, so upset that he's going to be there. And this is when he finds out, like, oh, by the way, we're staying here for the whole week. We've just taken over your vacation. Yeah, it's it's the uh, we're taking her, we're taking her with us when we leave here next month moment. Yes. A lot of yeah, parallels exactly. I'm noticing now between Great Outdoors and the, between Christmas Vacation and this. Yeah. Well, I mean, Christmas Vacation, 100%, like, they are two sides of the same or two versions of the same story, which is just like annoying family member that you're dealing with. Yeah. Um, you know, but Cousin Eddie slides into a lot more of the vacation movies because he was kind of the, the, the third banana in that uh, split, so to speak. Ackroyd is just so good at playing this like condescending asshole. Yes. I honestly was thinking like this might be his best role ever. More than Trading Places? I don't know about Best Movie. I don't know about Best Movie, but this might be like, yeah, I like the Trading Places guy you ultimately have sympathy for. And it's a good performance. But this this guy, I mean, I guess it's sort of in the end you come around. Yeah, you come around on him here. Yeah. I don't know. I just I think he's really killing it here. You may you raise a valid you know counter argument with training places, but I think there's a serious just uh, possibility that this is you. Know, you could talk about this as his best performance ever because you hate the shit out of this yes, guy. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. It's like when he's in Christmas with the Cranks. Uh, uh, yeah, sure. It's just like that. You, you hate him in that movie, movie too. I yeah, I, you know that. Mm. Uh, sure. We don't have to have a 20-minute diatribe about that movie, but I hate that movie so much. It reminds me of our parents, so I watch it sometimes at Christmas. <laughs> I, like, hooked up my one of my uh, library subscription services to watch it last year at Christmas when you we were at the when I was visiting mom and dad because they they didn't have the DVD and mom was crushed and dad was like, we're not paying to rent a movie that we own. You'll just wait and watch it later. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's streaming on Hoopla from the library. Let me hook up my laptop to the TV. There you go. I just, it's like all the people in that town, I hate them so much. Yeah. I just hate them all so much. Of course you do. That's the point. But I also hate the the that like with the situation or right. First of all, that daughter meets and gets engaged to a man in a two and a half week period, which is insane. Yes. And their response isn't like, hey, by the way, well, you weren't going to be here. So we're going on a cruise. Look, why don't you come on the cruise with us? Yeah. Although doesn't isn't it's isn't it like I'm coming home tomorrow? Isn't it like a yes? Yes. And which my response would be like, well, 
guess you're going to make your own fucking Christmas dinner because I have a life too, you turd. I mean, I cannot imagine our parents having that response in that situation, but we don't have to get into it. That's the proper response to that situation. Anyway, I do not care for that movie. Um, So we eat dinner and uh, we're grilling dinner. And the thing I was wondering, so... John Candy wants to cook like burgers and dogs and Dan Aykroyd's like, oh, no, no, lobster tails, $28 a pound. And they're like out there working on, you know, grilling the stuff up. What is that thing John Candy is holding? It looks like a mallet with a very long stick. I think it's a um, like a pe- salt and pepper. I oh, think. Oh, that would make sense. That would make sense. Because that's a thing. Like the long handled salt and pepper is a thing for grills, I think. Yeah. I mean, that would I, I've never seen one in person, but it does make sense if that was what it was. Because I can't imagine you would need like a a mallet for the grill. No, I mean not. No, no. I mean, frankly, the idea of not just putting salt and pepper on the food and then putting it on the grill is a little silly. But I get how that thing would exist. Yeah. Uh, but so we eat dinner and we get maybe the the best part of the movie, which is John Candy doing this. I guess this isn't a monologue. Well, so for, well, first um, we have the ha- they have the boat argument. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah. at dinner, because. Um, and we're introduced to uh, Ackroyd's twin daughters with the Twilight Zone theme song. Would you call it a theme song? Theme tune? I think either is fine. I think theme tune is what the the, the UK says for that. Uh, a song just seems, it seems like a lot to call that a song because I think it's just like like four measures of music. Jingle? A jingle. There we go. A theme jingle. Um, and then Ackroyd at dinner is like, I want to rent a speedboat. And Candy's like, no, we're renting a pontoon boat. And then they argue about it. And of course, the kids love all the flash of a speedboat, because why wouldn't you? Sure. Yeah. Um, and like Annette Benning in this whole movie is just playing my favorite kind of character, which is slightly drunk wife of a rich man who always has a martini <laughs> in her hand. Because it's just, uh-huh. it's a fun, there's so much you could do. Like, it's fun and silly mm. and like always ma- brings a smile. She doesn't get a ton to do in this movie. This is a movie that definitely does not pass the Bechdel test. No. The only conversation these women have is about their husbands. But uh, she, when she gets an opportunity to swing, she she makes good contact up there. Yeah. So I, after dinner and, and all this, they were, they're all like sitting around and John Candy starts telling this story in front Just of the Just turn off the lights. Uh, He's setting the scene. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, it's just a great, you know, storytelling thing. Um, but, but I guess you can't call this a monologue because other actors are involved with it, but it's basically it's, a monologue. It's essentially a monologue. There's a few interjections, but it's... Yeah. It's close enough to a monologue. And a, a really just a comedy monologue for the ages here. He The perfect the, the lighting and staging is perfect. He's, you know, pacing around the room. It's edited really well for reaction shots, cutting to the other actors who are listening to him. He's such a the showman. The music is awesome. He, yeah, he, that's the perfect word for it. It's a showman. And a showman who knows what he's doing and is just like taking advantage of having this opportunity to stretch his legs a little bit. Um, so he starts telling this story, which is the uh, about a bear encounter he had when he was here with his wife uh, on their honeymoon. And that this huge bear was rattling their house and was like trying to get in. And he grabs a shotgun and shoots it and takes a bunch of hair off the top of the bear's head, leading to it becoming this legendary, the bald headed killer bear of Clare County. And I do, I need to pause here to tell a funny anecdote that I may have told in a podcast before, but uh, this is Bart the bear. He's a very famous bear. actor. He's like 10 or 11 in this movie. Yeah. He ended up. Um, acting for quite a while. I think he died in 2000 and acted up until the, the late yeah, he, 90s. He died um, more recently than you would think for a bear. 
yeah, he lived almost 30 and um, uh, passed away of, of cancer. Mm-hmm. But um, so there's this movie called The Edge with Anthony Hopkins and Alec Baldwin. That's like uh, uh, Anthony Hopkins is an older 90s, like sort of adventure. Yeah, late 90s. It's like 97, 98. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my wife and I both love like people surviving in the woods type stories or like, you know, Arctic survival, like with it. That's a catnip for both of us. And I was like, oh, I had never heard of this movie, but it was on HBO or something. And I was like, you want to check this out? And, you know, we threw it on. And it's Hopkins is like a Jack London type writer, like uh, wilderness survival hmm. stories, like Call of the Wild, Jack gotcha. London. Didn't he know? Um, and I mean, like a long oh Hopkins no I thought Jack no. didn't, didn't call the wild guy Jack Jack London is dead yeah didn't he die like, doing the the thing where he like went into the wilderness or is that someone else I don't know I don't know the answer I'm not a big Jack London fan I'm just I'm just is he the one that like wrote up so, he was like I'm going into the wilderness with no food and no stuff you're thinking of are you thinking of into the that's wild that's what I'm thinking of yes no Jack London was like the guy who ran the Iditarod and stuff oh cool he would like he wrote like about the frozen wilderness and things like that. Not you're thinking of Christopher McCandless. Uh, so anyway, Anthony Hopkins like knows how to survive in the woods and like which berries are good and how to make a lean to and how to like Hardy boys type survival <laughs> yes. stuff. Um, but they, they mishaps happen. Yada, yada, yada. I don't need to recap that. Is it a comedy? Me, you should, it was, it was, a, no, it's, it's a, it's a, um, it's like a cool adventure movie. Okay. Like, uh, it's like, a. Thriller adventure movie. I don't know why I said cool. I mean, it is cool, but it's an adventure movie. It, and um, the they get stuck in the wilderness and yada, yada, yada. A bear starts chasing them. They're like in the territory of this bear. And we're watching this movie and I was like, I know this bear. <laughs> and she's like, what are you talking about? I was like, I recognize the bear. And she's like, no, you don't. I, it's a bear and i'm like no i recognize the bear i swear to you and i look it up and sure enough the bear is an imdb page and there it is bart the bear the great outdoors and i was like i think it i i truly said i was like i think it's the bear from the great outdoors without the bald spots and she's like i don't that's like you know it's a gibberish <laughs> that means nothing and to i me. look it up and yeah and sure enough it's bart the bear so i was like man this is a distinctive bear if i recognized him i had i had the thing that happens to me when i watch anything which is like what do i know that person from and then i have to stop and imdb them but this time it was a bear although i guess you haven't seen that many movies with large bear like yeah that's true like the revenant the great outdoors this movie you just watched i've never actually seen the revenant oh it's i assumed you had based on what you said about how you like survival movies so I did. I just learned recently what the Revenant was about. Uh, I had sort of like a. I'm kind of sick of Leo DiCaprio phase, and so I was just like, mm. I don't give a shit. That's about the one he was. That the one he won with? I think so. I don't. Again, I don't care. Like this is. A, it's like I just. It became such a topic of conversation around movies, and I was just like, it's fine if he never wins a gold statue. This is stupid and irrelevant. Can we move on? Yeah. yeah. Good actor. I like Leo. This is not anti-Leo. I just was like sick of the discourse. <laughs> So anyway, we shoot the we got the we shoot the bear. Bart the bear becomes bald. Uh, note that for later because it will be useful information. Yeah. So this is I know we've talked about it before of like lines from things that aren't famous but have just like worked uh-huh. their way into their, my, our lexicon. And yeah, I can't yeah. remember what movie we were talking about before that was doing that. But when the way John Candy says "god awful roar" when he's like telling yeah, you, he's like yeah. "god awful roar." Yeah. I say that I've got like. 
Uh, anytime I'm like talking about like a loud noise or like a big something, I yeah. describe yeah, it yeah. in that way, in that voice. I'm like, this is for an audience of me, but yes, yeah. Uh, also from this movie, anytime I see a Zagnut, I say it like he does. Oh, I do. Ble- I do like Beetlejuice. Real hard. Oh, does Beetlejuice talk I got about a Zagnut for you? Oh, with the fly. Zagnut must have been Zagnut must have been having a moment in 1988, I, and now it's it only like exclusively at Cracker Barrel. <laughs> yeah. And the Christmas tree shop. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. It's like it's a good candy, I, but not one you can a find around. Butterfinger with coconut instead of chocolate. Right, right. Frankly, yeah. let me get a coconut Butterfinger. Yeah, no, I think it would be a, a chocolate covered Zagnut would be a thing I would really enjoy. Maybe that needs to be. Maybe we need to slide that to our parents as part of their. Uh, since they have, you know, they dip the, the, the yeah. guys dip the peanut butter in chocolate. It's like, well, you got that. Why don't you dip some Zagnuts? Here, we'll in cut up. We'll cut some Zagnuts in half, and that way it's more yeah. manageable bite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm down for that. There's also a really great like classically mom and dad move where like the mom is engaging in the story and like, no, honey, it's real and like putting her arm around her her youngest son. And then at the end, he's like, well, that bear is probably dead now, right? And mom's like, oh, yeah, that's been so many years. That bear is long dead, long dead, like calms him down. And then Candy takes a beat and goes, well, she may be out there. It's so perfect. It's such a dad move. But also, like, the way he hits the line is the what really, it's just exactly right. And the music is really good in this sequence, too. Yes. And this culminates with him. You know, he, he the you, the line you just said, like, oh, well, she may be out there. And it go, leads up to he. And at this point, you don't even see when he picks it up. Like, you're so enthralled in the story, but he's got a whole snifter of brandy or something. And or like, motor oil based on what happens. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, is he drinking 151? Like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, it does. It could be. It could be 151. It's sort of a golden hued liquor in there. But he's like. So if you're up asleep tonight and you hear a noise, stay away from the windows because it might be a bear and throws the booze in the fire, which like an actual fireball comes. Yeah, out they like cut to the outside house. of the cabin and the, there's a fireball yeah. on top, like bursts out of the thing. And honestly, all my mind is like my mind is broken and only thinks in movies. And so like as he's talking this like when you go to bed tonight, all I can hear is the dad and gremlins doing the closing monologue of gremlins. Well, he's sure, like, sure. if something goes wrong, lock your doors, turn on all your lights, because you just might have a gremlin in your house. And bah, 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 bah. Yeah. And so all I yeah, can hear is yeah. that. And then when the fireball comes out the chimney, it reminds me of Hocus Pocus when the witches blow a hole in the freaking cupola oh, sure, on the yeah. house. Yeah. Yeah. But this part is such a bummer to me because everyone is a turd. Like they just, everyone is furious at him and everyone leaves the room and the wife is mad. And I'm like, Wife, you know this story. Like, this isn't the first time you've heard him do this. How are you mad about it? I think she's like part of the telling at this point. I think she, I think the moms were just like, my, like, uh, Annette Benning's, Annette Benning's daughters were objectively too young to hear this story. Like, this was not a story for them. Yeah. Maybe. And then I think I heard the youngest got upset, got scared and was like, I'm too old to be scared. So I'm sad now and I have to run away because I don't know what feelings are. Yeah, I just I, I'm with you. First of I mean, all, this yeah. is very funny. It's very funny, and like, yeah, okay, you're fine. Maybe you're right about the kids, but like, they'll get over it. And also, like, it was it's a good bit. Respect the bits. This is a good or it'll bit, fester in the back of their minds, and one day when they're thirty, they'll hear something similar to that, and it'll click in their head, and they'll be like, "Oh, right, that was a horrifying moment in my childhood." 
<laughs> Much like me with that damn penguin. Uh, yeah, I guess. Um, and this is more, uh, so we hear John Candy upstairs telling his son that he, you know, it's like a yarn that he was spinning, like, there's some truth to it, but it's not. So really, do you think you know, it, because he says, my dad told me, and I'm telling yes. you, do you think his dad actually told him? I don't know. It's this part does not jive with the end of the movie because the bear is real and someone did shoot it and blow hair off the top. And, of but also on top of that, when he sees the bear later, they cut to the young John Candy they use. So I'm like, so yes. did he see the bear? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I wonder if it was like the the legendary bald bear was like a thing and when he saw it he he like in his youth when he saw this bear he saw the bald-headed bear he just doesn't tell the story that way because it's not as interesting that he he didn't shoot it right like maybe the reality is like he saw the bear he didn't shoot the bear yeah because realistically like if a bear is outside ruffling through your trash cans like the best move for you to do is just leave it do nothing (laughs) do absolutely nothing yeah right observe you know, but don't do anything and stay inside the house. Yeah, peep through your window, pull pull right. the pull your blinds apart a little bit. I needed. So yeah, I don't I don't know. The movie doesn't do a good job of explaining this. It's uh, this is a movie that's very easy to poke holes in the logic of because it's a big broad dumb comedy. Yeah, but yeah, it do, it doesn't make sense. Uh, but a line from uh his wife, what's her, was it Pharisee last name? Uh huh. A line from her being like, "Would you go tell him you made it? Let your dad like some like yes. make t- get him to go to sleep." Yes. Yeah, exactly. Like, you got to fix this, which I like. It would be fine if the story was true. And to help the kid go to sleep, he lied and said, it's yeah, not, you know, that's fine with me. I just want to know that. Yeah. But Ackroyd hears this and like, is like, well, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to play dad, too. And so uh-huh, he uh-huh. opened his, what are, play dad is the perfect way to phrase. Oh, yeah. Because he doesn't know what the hell he's doing. Yeah. His kids are what? Seven, maybe eight. Yeah, it's hard to tell. But that feels about right. Because the older I think the oldest son is probably like 17, 16. Yes. And then the younger yeah. son is 12, 13, we'll say. So yes. they definitely feel like significantly younger than him. I, I think you're probably right on all counts for the. That's about what they feel yeah. like in age. And so he goes in their room and they're in bed again, seven or eight. And he goes, good evening. <laughs> yeah. Like he's a newscaster. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and he's like, hey, it's what, like, it starts out normal. He's like, I know Uncle Chet's an authority figure and it can be scary to hear him say that. It's a story he made up. And then he yeah. quickly derails. Like it, it like the train in Anastasia <laughs> jumps off and explodes in green fire uh-huh. where he's like, uh-huh. my dad or un- what, his dad. Uncle, I think it's an uncle who tells the story. My uncle yeah. told me a story that scared me when I was a kid about a family in the woods who got, <laughs> there was a military doing experiments, hellish, brutal experiments on these monsters that escape from their cages. He's like, basically, he's basically describing the hills yes, have eyes. The plot, he's reading the wiki for the hills have eyes, and he's like, slaughter uh-huh. them and ate them. And that messed me up for years, but don't you kids worry, that bear's not real. <laughs> And then he leaves, and the girls just kind of, like, look at each other. Like, they don't move their heads, but they move their eyes to each other. Uh-huh. And then the next time we see them in, like, two minutes, it is sunrise, and they have not moved. It's a great it's a great uh, editing joke where it's, like, we have the shot of the girls in the dark, and then we fade to the sun coming up, and they have not moved and are just staring still at the ceiling. Yes. Uh, we get the first of three or four, maybe, raccoon I think interludes it's three. here, where we just... Yeah. Well, there's one to post credits. Oh, too. yeah. I forgot about the post credits. So so they're like picking through the trash and there's some funny dialogue jokes for the raccoons talking about, you know, the people who live there and stuff. Yeah. They love this, hot dogs. this part is 
yeah, this part I could be, I would be fine if it was not in it. Like it does set up a okay joke later, yeah, but the, it's the so short is, that I'm like, I'm fine with yeah. it. Like if it went on any longer, I'd be like, oh, we can, yeah. It up. But it's yeah. like a minute of raccoons talking and eating trash. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we cut to Dan Aykroyd on the phone. Uh, uh, trying to get a hold of someone. This is the start of like investments that we learn later is a scam, but the investment thing that's happening. And uh, he's like trimming his nose hair. And he asks a great question to Annette Benning, who's in the shower of, you know, why do his kids look at him like he's Zeus and my kids look at me like I'm a side of beef? I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a rack of power tools at Sears. Oh, that's what it is. And the girls are watching this and eating celery. Uh, and he's he like, like, unaware. And, he's unaware. Yeah. And Annette Bedding starts to answer. She's like, well, you know, you work really long hours and we don't get enough time spend a little more time at home, maybe. He literally yells, shut up, honey, I'm doing business here. And then we find out the person he was calling was a priest. Yeah. He was trying to he was trying to squeeze money out of a priest, which like, hey, that's that's where it comes from. Yeah, exactly. He's like, you don't scam us. We scam you. Yeah. They're like, "Uh, no. Uh, Yeah. So we go to rent the boat. Uh, you know, we see the suck my wake, which every time I watch this, I'm like, this boat looks too small. Like Dan, like when the adults are in it, they're wearing their knees for earmuffs. It, it does. It they're does really feel a little bit like there. a, uh, like a bumper boat at a, at uh-huh, a fair situation. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, uh, we get a classic bit here. So they're like looking at the boats and Candy's really upset because he wanted to get a pontoon boat and just kind of like float around and, you know, have summer fun and not drive around like a maniac. Um, both are valid and we get a classic fat guy thing here where he and the older son go to this hot dog stand i love like, this let me get four chi- let me get four chili dogs and two plain dogs which is a classic and, he, and the kid's like uh that's that's six hot dogs dad <laughs> and we get the classic fat guy it's for everybody plus i'm hungry <laughs> yeah yeah uh, it's like, yeah, John Candy, come on. We know three of them dogs are yours. Yeah. You do the two chili, one plain. And you're like, well, I saved some calories. I only had the one was plain. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and the most famous sequence of this movie is this water this skating movie's business. This Goldberg uh, roller skating down a hill sequence. Yes, yes. And I will say, people are going to be out there, I know, thinking like, you know, Trip. one of the things you said you hate the most in movies is if someone and this 100% is a whoa sequence. It is, no doubt about it. It just feels a little more earned, and I don't know why. It's also one of the best physical comedians to ever do it, doing it, so it gives it a lot more weight. There are some people who can pull off a whoa. It's a very short list. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm trying to think who else I would put on that list. Uh, Chris Farley could do this kind of bit. Yeah. I think Melissa McCarthy can do this kind of bit. I, I was going to say, they, I was like, too, early too Melissa often, McCarthy. Too often, Melissa McCarthy only got to do this kind of bit, which is a waste. Because, like, the key is, the performer gets to do both. A lot of things. Like, John Candy gets gets a lot of shade here. And, then, like, I like Melissa McCarthy, and she's never gotten a role this juicy where she gets to be featured and do, like, her whole thing. Maybe Spy? Maybe Spy. Maybe Spy. Which is, again, yeah, a movie so. that I always forget. Right. I'm like, that That's, should not know, have been fine. as good yeah, as it was. Yeah, no, you're right. She That that probably is as good of a showcase for her as this is for him. I, you're correct. But she, it's just like, you know, that, you know, this, 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 this is a showcase comedy for John Candy. And it's like, you have Dan Aykroyd, who's also very funny, but playing the straight character more or less. And like, is a great yes ender of everything. Candy. Like, he builds the bits so that Candy can knock them down, so to speak. Yeah. So I, 
Yes, I'm a hypocrite. I occasionally, there's like three, whoa, scenes in movie history that I have liked and uh, watched and liked. For humans, Muppets get a pass for woes. You know, Muppets, Muppet woe is fine. They're puppets and for children. Muppet woes don't count. Human woes. Yes, although I keep seeing them like shoehorning the Muppets into stuff, and it just like bums me out because, so... <laughs> There, I was on Hulu, and there's like a mini golf show that it's one of those secret television shows that's run oh, for it, like six years. Is it Holy Moly? Yes, there's like six seasons it's, of that. It's not. It, 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 I think Holy Moly is like Wipeout meets Disc Golf. Yeah, no, it's not Disc Golf. It's Putt Putt. It's Putt Putt. Uh-huh. Oh, but it, you are correct that it's Wipeout. I just assumed it was Disc Golf, which is more physically active. But they were like, oh, we're having. Um, we're ha- no, you like putt and then you have to like run to where your ball is and it's an obstacle course. Oh, uh, okay. It seems like something I would enjoy and I've watched it. I, I, when it first aired, I was like, oh, the putt putt, that'll be fun. And then I was like, no, I don't like this. And then I saw it was like, the Muppets are on Holy Moly. And I was like, all right, well, let me see what this is. And I was like, I were just kept skipping ahead to the Muppet parts. They were like featured guests more than they were hosting. Like they're there, but like Rob Higgle or whatever yeah. his name is was still like the host. Riggle, Higgle. Um, Riggle, Riggle, Riggle. Um, I get him and Rob Hubel confused, but Rob Riggle. Uh, but like, all the Muppet voices are wrong now. <laughs> yeah, Kermit's wrong. <laughs> Miss Piggy, Miss Piggy's close. Now. It's, I don't know. She's I just, she's the closest it, I've found. That that Muppet um, Haunted, Haunted Mansion? Mansion thing I thought thought was pretty good, but I later figured out, like, I saw somebody talking about, like, well, the reason Gonzo is the star is because Gonzo is the only real Muppet left, or original Muppet, not real, I don't want to be shitty, but, um, oh. yeah, I couldn't, yeah. That makes it's sense. Like, that's why he got promoted, because he's the last of the OGs. <laughs> but anyway, uh, they're on, like, there was an ad for Dancing with the Stars that I saw on also on Hulu, and it was like, the Muppet, or maybe it's not Dancing with Stars, I don't know. I, right. They're on some show like that, yeah, or the Mass Singer, something like that. Kermit was, uh, Kermit was competed ad- on the Mass Singer. That's what it was then. It was an ad during the baseball game, and it was just like, oh, uh, the Muppets. And I'm just like, he comes out and he's like, hi, I'm Kermit. And I'm like, nope, that ain't it. You're not it. Kermit. It's not it. Nope. Yeah, I think Piggy does sound, she doesn't sound the same, but she sounds pretty close. Because yes. she she popped into Drag Race recently. Oh, okay. That feels right. Yeah, because so it used to be like during Drag Race in normal in the before times, like people would come into the workroom. They'd be like, I'm, uh-huh. uh, what is her name? I don't know. I'm Gwyneth Paltrow or whatever. I can't think of it. Yeah. And like she and RuPaul would walk around and talk to the Queens and be more individual about it. But once COVID happened, they were like, Hey, what celebrities feel like, uh, zooming into the, into the workroom. And so like they got oh, okay. Scarlett Johansson to do it. And clearly it is, not recorded at the time of filming and so they're just like sure they're like here's you're gonna react as though she says something great you're gonna ask a question that we're gonna feed her later and you're gonna nod your head as though she's answering you and cool 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 but they had yeah, miss yeah. piggy do that once and she like she was like very up she was like i'm so excited to be guest judging and rupaul was like oh no piggy i'm sorry you're not guest judging you're you're just here to talk to the queens. And she was like, oh, and clearly thought she turned her camera off and was like, this is some nonsense. I should have been on the panel. <laughs> they did that exact same joke set up uh, on that Muppet Disney Plus show, actually. Oh, really? Like Piggy thought she had a bigger role and then got mad about it and thought her thing was off. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good bit. It's fun to repeat it. Yeah. It's, a good bit. it's like uh, in 30 Rock when Jenna thinks she's auditioning for the daughter in uh, Gossip Girl. Yes. And she's the mother. Yes. Yes. Uh, so anyway, Candy gets, you know, 
this dragged all over the the lake and he's you know really upset about it with his wife and the which room, to be fair she's kind of in in dan Aykroyd's defense when you are the person being pulled your responsibility is to let go when things are too hard yes and it's because you can't communicate like, it, but also this scene starts with john candy telling his son hey there's trouble what do you do if there's trouble like go of the rope and like, go, go loose the rope. Like, when you fall it, go loose yeah neither of which he does um, so it's like, you know, listen to your own advice, obviously, uh, you know, people panic. That's, yeah. that's what happens. So he's packing to leave uh, and his wife, mm-hmm. it's great. She walks in, she goes, what happened to make you want to leave? And I was like, even I know, like, even I get yeah. what happened. <laughs> yeah. Come on. Come on, Stephanie Pharisee. What are you thinking here? <laughs> so she's trying to like make him stay. And he's like, uh, she said, what about the kids? And he goes, his, his kids are spooky. I keep waiting for their heads to spin around and for their vomit pea soup. And she was like, I'm talking about our kids. And he goes, they already do that. Yeah. And then really good convinces him to stay. And this is my moment of like, I love their chemistry because she's like, come on, stay. Everything will be fine. You'll have a good time for the rest of the week or whatever. And he's like, you're right. You're right. And he pauses. And then he like pretends to grab her around the throat and like pushes her on the bed. And he's like, why, why, why would you make me stay? I was so close to leaving. <laughs> it is really, really good. Cause it's like that, that gesture only seems playful if that is perfect. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, and it is like she playful. is clearly like in on the joke and like having fun yeah. with it. Yeah. She's like, pr- not quite, but like to the point of like crossing her eyes and sticking her tongue out. Yeah. She's almost there. Um Yeah. Because otherwise you're making the Babadook. Oh, yes. <laughs> Babadook, duke, duke. Yeah, not good. Gay icon. Accidental gay icon, the Babadook. <laughs> still doesn't make any... I just rewatched that last night, and I did, I was thinking about that every time. Wait, it was you know screen, why, was though, like, right? Makes, I mean, because it was the internet, and the internet is weird. No, so what happened was something happened, I think, on Netflix or Hulu, and they were, like, sh- streaming the Babadook, oh, and they accidentally put it, it under put LGBTQ under the wrong category. movies. And everyone was okay. like, and then the internet ran. Everyone was like, wait, what? And so now the Babadook yeah. is a gay icon accidentally. Okay. Uh, also, she says, Rome, uh, Roman's making goat cheese pizza. I'm going to take it up to the cabin. And I forgot goat cheese was a weird thing in 1980, yes. whatever. And yes, I will say, I will say, I would probably enjoy a pizza with goat cheese on it. Mm-hmm. But if I'm in the mood for pizza, I don't want goat cheese and caramelized figs. You know what I mean? That's fair. I would rather like a. I'm more like I think it's a goat cheese. Um, I think it's a Trader Joe's flatbread pizza. Mm. It's like mm-hmm. truffle, caramelized onions, and goat cheese, and it is so good. Sounds delicious. No, sounds delicious. I'm just saying when I'm in the mood for pizza, I want it to be pizza. Mm, you know what fair. I mean? I it's got to be pizza ass pizza. That's my boyfriend's the same way. Every time I'm like, let's go order from our pizza place because they have like pickle pizza and they have breakfast. Like they have really interesting pizzas, and I always want those. Yeah. He's like, well, I also just want like a plain cheese and i'm like there's no room in our fridge i want i i want more uh, I, I, he I would he go... wants the exciting pizza but he also always wants i see and i'm like no, I'm just saying, get a like, slice order a slice yeah yeah you should order a slice in that situation that would solve your problem uh what you do is you pick up the pizza and you get a slice while you wait that is the the, the oh, real yeah. pro move we end we always like, end while, up get... while i'm while i'm waiting can i get a slice of that you don't have to heat it up i'll just take it off the counter we always end up getting the something out of their dessert case because we forget it's mm. there. And then we go and like, oh, these do-, and they're not bad desserts. OK, so we're yeah, like, yeah. oh, great. I can throw on a slice of chocolate, chocolate, chocolate cake. Sure, sure. 
Uh, so we're going to a 109-year-old's birthday party, which is just a ridiculous sentence to begin with. It is. A uh, man they do not know, but just a guy who is old. They're like, oh, I'd like to pay my respects to It feels to very Parks and Rec of like, yes, yes the town yes. is celebrating this man for turning 109. Yeah. Although I feel like in our hometown, which is bigger than Parks and Rec, you know, the Pawnee, like if someone was turning 109, I feel like they might get this like a public birthday party. But where do you think it would be? Like in a park, probably. I can see that. Or the firehouse. Yeah, yeah. Or fire hall, not house. And it's like, they would get like some sort of honorary certificate or reward or something like that. You know, the oldest citizen of Downingtown or whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, he died in the car on the way over, which we find out as Candy is taking a snapshot of the little girls kissing him on the cheek and all the kids freak out. But I do love the movie effect of like we're looking through the viewfinder and then it like tilts when he gets the news. It tilts hard. And it's like he died on the way over and the kids are like, what? Like freaking out. And it's like a snapshot of that. Well, it's also funny because John Candy's like, OK, kids crowd around. I'll take a picture. And then uh, the character actor we talked about earlier comes over and is like, I don't like those kids climbing all over him. He's not a jungle gym. And I'm like, they're yeah. not. A grandfather did that to me once. I was like sitting in a chair sideways with my legs over the side. And he got very upset yes. that I was climbing all over his chair. And I was like, I'm sitting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just sit sideways. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Robert Prosky, by the way. Also, uh, I have this written down here for, I guess I had looked it up at this point, but the director of this is Howard Deutsch, who is uh, married to Leah Thompson since Shut like up. the 80s. And uh, their daughter, both their daughters act, although the one Zoe Deutsch has been in stuff that you may or may not have seen. She's I did not know Leah Thompson was Zoe Deutsch's mom. I didn't either. I found that out today. I love her in Zombieland, too. Yes, that's that's the one, the big one. Um, But then the other thing I saw, which I think is truly crazy and definitely not happening, exactly, almost exactly one year ago, it was November of 21, uh, Dan Aykroyd said he and Howard Deutsch have been like really working on a sequel to this. Yeah. And they were like, it would be something about a Ponzi scheme or something with Roman. And then they were, um, you know, trying to look for someone to be the John Candy part. And I was like, you can't. There isn't one. Yeah. Sorry. Like, he's dead and he should be dead in the movie. And you can make a movie about Roman and make it a soft sequel to this, I guess. But that's ridiculous. You're going to do that. You got to bring, you got to drag Moranis out of retirement. That's the only way I'll accept it. He has nothing to do with this movie, (laughs) but I feel like that's the only way that I'll be like, okay, fine. Yeah. And apparently, um, um, Ryan Reynolds Production Company is working on a John Candy documentary. Yes, which I think will probably be pretty good because he's uh, he posted a clip of something on I think it was Candy's seventieth birthday two mm-hmm. years ago. He his production company posted a really great like four minute tribute clip reel. It's like just just um, highlights. It just highlights edited together really well. So yeah, I'm I John Candy, a you know Canadian treasure. What well, uh, he said so. apparently it's in like with Colin Hanks, and I was like I'm. That just seems like I would not have picked Colin Hanks as like. I have not actually seen it, but Colin Hanks made a documentary about Tower Records that people really, really liked. Oh. Got a lot of the positive attention. That could be why. Because I thought it meant, he meant like he was going to be like the host of the documentary. And I was like, I mean, I guess I was like, Tom Hanks did one movie with Sean Candy. Or yeah, two? Yeah. He did. Maybe two. It was Volunteer, Volunteers uh-huh. and Splash. Yeah, two. Yeah. I was like, what's still like? I was like, that doesn't seem like the the criteria yeah. for like you should host the documentary about this man's life. Yeah. He's probably just producing it or now, directing yeah, it or, or like, something like that. Yeah. Um, but this, this is, uh, the leads to the, the bear dump, which I guess this was actually a thing back in the day. Like they, well, like not yet. Open first dumps that would attract. First bears. yet we have the meat cube. Oh, sorry. 
the pool cue meet cue. Oh, you're right. With a, yes, yeah, the first meet cute in history that involves minor sexual assault. Inadvertent. It's accidental. I was like, what's the manslaughter so version sexual of sexual assault? assault? Yeah, yeah. Um, this actress is no longer an actress. She is now an a lawyer in I think Arizona or Colorado or one of those kind of states. Oh. I think I've read on Wikipedia that her she's her specialty or I don't know what you call it when you're a lawyer is like either specialty environmental stuff or like power uh-huh. stuff. Oh. And I'm like I don't know which side you're you're on on this and <laughs> I don't want to look it up but <laughs> but good for you lady in law yeah. that's cool. Yeah, yeah. Also why do they leave the old man on display? I, I it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense because it's funny for a movie. It's fu- I mean, yeah, it's funny for a movie. But I was like, come, like, yeah, it's. I mean, it's insane. <laughs> it's truly insane. It would have been funnier if they were like, we'll put a sheet over him, and then the sheet fell off his head. So they thought he was just a cold. He was an old man who was cold, like all old men are. Yes, yeah. that would have been. A, I feel like that would have been a funnier version of the bit because rather than like, well, we just left him out in the middle of the open. We'll yeah, deal with exactly. him later. No, this, this is. Beyond ludicrous that this is real, but you know, it's a movie. It's yeah. silly. I do feel like this movie on this watch, it really dawned on me. Like there's a thing with action movies that the rule used to be, you had to have an action beat every 10 pages. And this movie feels like, all right, we have like seven really funny ideas that could be like loosely tied to a family vacation movie. And we just kind of string them together. Yeah. There's like, you know, the, the dead guy at the birthday party, we're about to do the bear dump scene, you know, the big finale with the bear, the, the go-karts the water skiing, the go-karts. It's like, we have these beats and it's just like, you just, we're just progressing through the, the chapters of the beats. Um, this next one is, you know, he asks Robert Prosky, he's like, what's the bear dump situation? And I learned th- on this watch, cause I was looking it up, like this was a thing. Towns had open dumps and bears would go eat at them. And then they realized like, oh, this is bad for both people and bears. Yeah. This we is not good for anybody. Doing this. Yeah. Uh, but this is where John Candy entices the bears to come closer and have a nice tasty Zagnut and bangs it onto this car. And then the bears are riding the car as they drive home. Cause he doesn't throw, this, he should have thrown the Zagnut. Yes, 100%. So yeah, yeah, he leaves it on the hood of the car. A bear on the hood of the car and a bear on the roof. Yeah. And he and his youngest, who I I always like at first glance think is um what's his name from Wonder Years? Yes, he does look a lot like um oh shoot, what's his name? Savage. Yeah, Fred Savage. Um he's like, "Did I uh did I tell you I love you lately?" Um yes. We should probably leave. We should probably get out of here right now. I, I was good. And then the kid has a really good performance. He's like, "Yeah, I'm tired." Which does this reminded me of friggin' Christmas vacation when he's like looking yes, at the lights, he's like, oh, yes. let's look at the time. I got taxes to yeah. do, homework. Yeah. Uh, uh, but this is the one moment this kid gets to shine, and he's pretty good here. Yeah, he, he does well. Um, so they drive away with a bear on the car, and the kid's like, what is, What's the law about driving with a bear in your car? And he goes, I don't know in this state. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Can't be. Uh, Cammy, the girl uh, that Buck, the older son, just met, and him are chatting in a gazebo, and he's like, "Oh, I, I met my first local," and she she goes, "You don't know how local I am," and I was like, "I'm gonna need you what to that. Mean? I'm gonna need you to yeah. elaborate on what the hell that means, ma'am." Yeah, yeah, it's very odd because that that sounds it sounds like a like I'm a I'm a badass, aloof person, and then you think about uh-huh. it for two seconds more, and you're like, "Well, wait a minute." Yeah. Very strange. Um, and then we get a really nice... Because the movie really does balance well the, like, 
wackadoo slapstick with the mm-hmm. like little heart mm-hmm. moments. Um, Absolutely, yeah. Because John Candy and his older son Buck are like just standing outside, and he's like, "Hey, let's let's grab, let's go out in the rowboat. I'll let you row." And the kid's trying to yeah. fight it, and he's like, "Come on, we're like, why not? It's the middle of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. Where it's night. Come yeah. on." And they have this sweet little moment in the rowboat of like. You know, I have these great memories with my dad. I want to pass them to you, so you'll bring your kids here. I want to give you my ring. Right. Yeah, the ring thing is weird because they don't make it obvious enough that it's like a signet ring and not his wedding ring. I mean, I assumed it wasn't his wedding ring because he said my dad gave it to me. Yes, I know. But like people pass down wedding rings as like heirlooms and stuff. But it just. Um, do they do uh, I feel like men's rings are not often passed down like that. No, but I'm sure there are people out there who do, you know. Yeah. Anyway, it just it's like the ring thing comes up and it's kind of a sweet moment and it never comes up again. And it's just like, oh, I wish it was like I wish they had made more of a deal about John Candy wearing this other ring. Yeah, I agree. Um, then we get by, by the way, we find out that Connie works out the, at the A&W, which is Cammy. Uh, delightful. Yes. Sorry. Cammy works at an A&W. And I was like, it made me want a root beer so bad. <laughs> well, it's funny. <laughs> the only thing I want right now is a root beer. Apparently, that's not a real A&W. It's just like oh, it was just okay. like a drive-in spot that a drive-up spot that they turned into one, and I was like, "Yeah, but like, why did you need to go through that trouble?" Maybe A and W paid for it. I don't know. That seems weird. Um, so we get raccoons 2.0, and they put rocks on top of the trash cans, and the raccoons say, "Well, we'll just knock them over." And I have to say, as someone who has a bit of a raccoon problem and had to buy a cinder yeah. block, they don't knock the trash can over. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. Yeah. Better a raccoon problem than a rat problem. Yeah, I mean, who knows what's back there, but there's definitely raccoons. I've seen them. Uh, And then we get this little, like, truly has no bearing on the plot moment where they're golfing and go-karting at the same time. Yeah, they go to, like, an adventure park, clearly, because they also ride horses right after, and it seems like all part of the same thing. It feels kind of like the the sledding sequence in Christmas Vacation, where it's like, I guess technically we're talking about his job, but still like we're not really doing anything much for the plot. Yeah. It's just, it's like just a gag excuse. Yeah. Uh, So there, John Candy gets hit in the head with a golf ball that Dan Aykroyd hit, of course. And then uh, they're riding horses and John Candy got the temperamental horse. Yeah. Uh, And it ends up like walking a very long distance back to wherever they're going. Mm -hmm. And then we end up. This is where we end up at the bar with the lightning guy, right? Yes. Dan Aykroyd's drunk yeah. and holding court for the bartender yes. and John Candy. Yes. And we get this lightning guy introduced. And it, like, it's the truly the strangest thing in this movie because it has like there's they bring him in to do this joke about this guy has a hard stutter because he's been hit in the head with lightning 67 times. 66. And has 66, excuse me, and has like a skunk hairdo because of it. And then later we see this man get struck for a 67th time, but he doesn't like get involved with the plot more than that. It's truly just like, oh, wouldn't it be funny to have an actor get hit in the head by lightning? I wonder if like John Hughes, there was like some local legend of the man who got hit by lightning 66 times or whatever. This feels like a director's cousin who was just like desperate to be in a movie and they're like, you can just say Ted Raimi. You can have no, because. Ted Raimi got jobs on his own. Yeah, I was being facetious. <laughs> this guy is not the kind of person who seems like he's getting jobs on his own. Although maybe this man has a long career. I don't know. But this is like the I most mean, he, He's the kind of person who would guest star on everything. Yeah. Yeah. Like he should. Um, it's shocking that he wasn't on uh, two episodes Seinfeld as like Kramer's weird friend. Or Murder, She Wrote. 
Sure, yeah. I mean, maybe he was. I don't watch that show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, he wasn't a golden girl fiance for a minute. <laughs> or an, a, a kooky neighbor. Yeah, yeah. But his name is Reg. Yes. And then the ladies are sitting at a table with the kids, also drinking and, like, having and smoking. a you know, chat. And smoke, yes, smoking away, as you do. It's the 80s. And uh, there's a nice funny thing here where, like, Connie and her sister are sort of gabbing, and Annette Benning, I can't remember her character's name, Kate. is like, Kate is like, oh, you know, I, Roman and I haven't had sex in months. All I do is lean against the dryer or the washing machine. And you can see Connie being like, well, we're poor, but at least we got that. But also, it's a glimmer of, because she asks, but you can tell her face is curious. curious. Does that, oh, yes, does yes, that work? yes. And it's like, clearly yeah. she's like, well, hang on. Yeah, sure. I love cheap thrills. I'm, you know. And then um, Annette Benning gets the great button on the scene of, have you seen White or Whites? Yeah, yeah. Uh, although this does, I will say, it does start with, a, it's so lonely being wealthy. And I'm just like, yeah. your problems are fake. And so are you and your watch. <laughs> well, she doesn't know that. Well, I did. Uh, so we get a little romance with the townie, and then yeah, my it's like I this plot. Bucky, I, Bucky, I do not Bucky care. And Cammy in the boat. Yeah, I was like, I just don't care about this. And also, it's like it's inconsequential. Like it's, it's a I vacation think it's just ship. supposed to be. It is. You're yeah, here it's, for a week. Yeah, it's a summer fling. Yeah, yeah. And she's like, I don't get involved with people who are here on vacation, which is Valid. one smart and and two like. She doesn't really get involved with this kid either. Like, I guess they kiss once or twice. Well, at the end, she speaks very much as if they, like, love each other. And I'm like, yes, what's happening? You guys have been here for six days. Get out of here. And he didn't meet you on the first day. Right, right. Uh, So this is the other big sequence where wake up in the middle of the night. Oh, God, there's a bat. Uh, And it's very funny to me that no one is like, oh, Connie, if the bat touched you, you should probably get a rabies shot. Yeah, yeah. Um, cause I remember, I was remembering you telling a story of like a friend had a bat get in their house and like they had to deal with it. And our mom being like, well, they should walk out in rabies shots. And you were like, no, they didn't have to. And she's like, no, you always should. And I was like, this wasn't like a sleep time. To- uh, my interpretation of what he's saying is like, they, w- they watched a bat come in and saw where it was like, it was never near anybody. But if I was asleep and a bat touched me, I'm like, get me to the goddamn doctor. Well, I, uh, but this does bring up our, um, another quote that I say that no one knows, which is, I'm not thinking, I'm not, I'm not wimping, I'm thinking. Yes, yeah. Great line, and reading. Uh, so they get all geared up, they got, you know, uh, armor created out of clearly like a shed. It's very good uh, prop costume work here. Yeah. Also, if you, if a bat is in costume. your house, just open all the windows and doors. Yes. And it will <laughs> yeah, fly out. It's like, the solution to this is just open the door and wait. Shut all the doors to bedrooms. Yes. And open yeah. the front door and windows. That's that's what you have yes. to do. And take Kate to go get a rabies shot. Yes. And probably Roman. Also, there's uh, a Lime so Kugel they... sign in their house. Yes. And uh-huh. I only ever think of them as shandies because I yes. don't know if they make real beer anymore. I I don't I believe they make other beer, yes, but they've been around a long time. This is a they're a Wisconsin brewery, so it's just like good set deck. Yeah, but I, I always because they make like fifteen different shandies, even for the winter months. Yes. so I was like, oh right, yeah. I guess it made sense yeah. that they weren't just a shandy company. I hate that beer. I like some of them. The summer shandy is like weirdly sweet to me. I just it's do not lemonade. For it. I like if you make if you take a country time lemonade and a Miller Lite, I like it more than the summer shandy. Hmm. Which I'm not saying I'm like Mr. Fancy Pants. I need a good beer. I just don't like that beer. 
I think they have like a cranberry one in in winter that I like. Okay. But the the bat lands on Candy's face and gets uh, smashed in the face of the tennis racket, which is pretty good. Uh, And then he like finishes the bat off with the fly swatter, which looks cool. Like looks funny, but I always. Doesn't make any sense. Huh? Yeah. Uh, Leading to going out to dinner the next day and the the uh, very famous in our house old 96er which i feel like it's name dropped almost any time there's a steak yep. in at any in any anytime there's or, a steak larger than uh i don't know or or even like a big pack of ground beef maybe like if the hamburger oh yeah being any made. any meat yeah. product that looks bigger uh-huh. than a hamburger patty basically the the, the sometimes the thanksgiving turkey mm-hmm uh, and he gets this enormous, cartoonishly large 96-ounce steak and has to eat the whole thing. And if you do, your whole table's meal is free, which feels like really a losing uh, enterprise if it was done now. I don't know. I can't imagine how many people are eating that steak. Oh, dude. The way competitive eater people travel around, it would be like there's probably 10 or 12 people in the country who could polish that off no problems. Yeah, but I think doing it 10 times over the course of the restaurant's career is does maybe but but if you vacation there you just do it once a summer yeah, i imagine they would pull a, a, a your football team situation and be like look you get it once <laughs> you don't get to come <laughs> back every about... year and do it again uh no you're what, what happened there was we ruined wing night for everyone <laughs> that's what i'm saying they would have quickly done that if they hadn't put they should have put their foot down Actually, I should che- I check that. What they did was just say you can't get the wing special if you don't order alcohol, which is fine. Like that's a fair. Yeah, that's we, fair. We didn't ruin it for everybody. How many? How much was it? A, was it ten cents? They were ten cents a piece, and we went in with the offensive line plus a few. It was like you know a bunch of linemen. So probably uh, I think it was. I think it was. Uh, my memory is it was seven people, and we went in. And we're like, we'd like three hundred and fifty chicken wings, please. <laughs> They brought us pizza trays of wings and we would just demolish them. Oh like God. just demolish them. I one of the times there somebody ate a hundred. I ate more than fifty on one occasion. Wow. We would come right from football practice. I mean, yeah, I get it. <laughs> so it's like I was 17 years old. I was the strongest, like most muscular I'd ever been in my whole life, or would ever be in my whole life. I was just off a of very strenuous athletic activity and I could eat like a house on normal occasions. I, I mean, I back then I used to come home from practice and eat like a full meal, take a shower and then eat dinner with the family, a full meal, and then probably have a bowl of ice cream an hour later. Yeah, I was a monster. That's crazy. I mean, that's what, that's what bodies do. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, one kid, I wasn't there at the time it happened, but one kid ate 100 once. That's insane. Yeah. I mean, they weren't particularly huge chicken wings. No, but, but still. I mean, it's just preposterous. Yeah. Um, also, we didn't mention that, because uh, we don't really care, that uh, Buckley told Cammy he would meet her at nine. Yes. Yeah. And so, like, literally the second John Candy cuts his first piece of steak, they cut to Cammy waiting. And I was like, well, hang on. Yeah, <laughs> this was poorly planned. Why are we eating? Also, like, why are, are we eating at nine o'clock? You're yes, going to eat yeah. a 69 ounce, a 96 ounce steak at yeah. 9 p.m.? Well, the steak probably takes like a good while to cook. Yeah, I guess. Even if it's, you know. Although, wouldn't you do, you do the char and then oven it? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, probably. I mean, I'm thinking like restaurant that makes the most yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this this particular cut of steak is one that is probably not best suited to this type of cooking. But yes, that is it is how it looks like they do. Um, it's just so silly. I was I was like, we should have been, we should have forgotten about her, 
until he was yes. like halfway through the stake and then cut to her because then it's funny that it's, it's taking him so long to finish. Yes, yes, for sure. Uh, I also love that the cook is wearing a bloody butcher apron. Like, what like he's is a, the scenario? Like he's in which... working Halloween Horror Nights? Yes, yeah. And so he, you know, eats the steak except for the gristle and fat. And then, you know, John Candy really kills this scene. Also, I noticed, um, I've thought, I've noticed this before, but today it kind of dawned on me. He's taking actor bites. Like, he's taking extremely small bites of the steak mm-hmm. because he has to keep doing it all day, presumably. Uh, and it's just funny to watch him, like, take this piece of steak that's the size of most people's cutting board and he's cutting like a half inch by half inch piece off of it i wonder if maybe they like gave him the full steak and then like a pile of small slices. like they had like yeah maybe that way he would just have to he wouldn't have to actually like cut anything and then for yeah, continuity purposes he's just like picking up little pieces that would make the most sense i would guess um so he finally eats what they think is the last bite and then the chef's like that ain't the last bite <laughs> and Dan goes, there's nothing on that plate but gristle and fat. And they cut to it. And it's like a good looking piece of fat. I might have like a yeah, little nibble yeah. of it, but I'm the, the yeah, whole thing. Yeah. And then we cut to yeah. Steph Francini. Stephanie Ferris. Stephanie Ferris. She just, it's a close up on her face. And she goes, oh God. <laughs> yeah. Because it looks like he even scooped the marrow out of this bone. Yeah, you know? right. Like he's really, he's really gone to town on this thing. <laughs> and Akroy goes, Tell you what, if I can get a dessert down, I'm throwing a couple of Paul Bunyan hats for the kids. Yeah. And so uh, they all get home. Oh, as they're leaving, we cut to Cammy leaving. And then we cut to the mm-hmm. raccoons breaking into the house to get the trash. Yes. So they come home. John Candy's clearly like forgot, forgotten about the ordeal, like processed. And then Dan Aykroyd goes, look at the size of the maggots on that meat. And he runs to the bathroom and then all everyone runs after him for some reason, which like you all know what he's doing. Like I think, yeah, yeah, but it is very silly. But Dan Aykroyd doesn't leave frame far enough, and so it was yes. his job to like silently count to three. Yes, so that John Candy could then vom- make vomit sounds and everyone could run away. But because he didn't go far enough, you just see Dan Aykroyd staring everyone in the face, going one, two, three, with his fingers. Yeah, yes. It's really, really funny that he gives that cue. Like, why he's giving the cue and not the director off screen is weird. Like, it's all. I mean, it's it makes sense when you're the group movie. of actors because they're all like behind the staircase and everything. Right, but you could have this director just go, hold, hold, now. Yeah, but then you have to take it out. I mean, I guess it's not that hard. <laughs> yeah, but or you can skip that word. Like, yeah, I guess. If you, you tell the guys in post, hey, get it in post. You tell them. <laughs> That's what room tone is for, baby. You just re- replace. I do it all the time on this podcast. Then we cut to the next morning and they're all wake- All the boys are waking up early to go fishing at like before the sun is up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they use leeches as bait. Are leeches like a fishing hack? I don't know if it's a hack, but certainly people use leeches as bait. Yeah, oh, I didn't know that. Very occasionally when you're on a road trip in the South, you'll stop at a gas station that has live bait and often it like has a list of what's in there. And I've seen I've seen leeches included along like with worms and stuff. Hmm. Also, it's a weird I, I'm sure they did it because they didn't act, couldn't actually get good footage like this. But it's so weird that it's like a wide shot of the lake and the boat is like small in the corner. And we just hear like ADR, all the ADR dialogue. It's such yeah, a bizarre yeah. choice. It is really, really weird. I want. I do wonder if it was just like they, like you said, they just didn't get good footage on the lake, and so they were working around it. Yeah. So they wake up covered in leeches, and it's raining, and uh, 
Buck's trying to call Cammy and she's not answer- she won't talk to him at the A and W and I'm like, who cares? Yeah, yeah. It's like I, at the point where we're focusing on the Cammy and Buck thing, I'm like, I realize you wanted to give this kid something to do, but there are like an infinite number. Like it honestly would have been more interesting if he had a girlfriend back home who was like threatening to break up with him over this week or something like that. You mean European vacation? Yeah, honestly, it would have been better. Or just like I don't don't give me drop like do the the Wham one oh five boyfriend from summer rental yeah yeah no drama just i found a boyfriend i'm not seeing i don't hang out with my family like something like that yeah yeah um and we get what feels like a very realistic breaking point for this family yeah even though and it's the it's the rainy day on the vacation too which like makes everybody on edge yeah i just i feel like the boat the fishing scene should have been earlier because it feels like they're all it, it, that feels like a fun moment for everybody. Yes. Obviously, leeches yeah, yeah, being yeah. covered leeches isn't fun, but like it feels camaraderie. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So that this scene coming right after, I'm like, well, okay. Like him, him, him inviting Roman to be part of the like bonding thing he's doing with his sons is like a nice gesture. Yeah. You know? Um. So yeah, it's the rainy day on vacation. Everyone's kind of like a little terse, almost punchy. Mm-hmm. We'll see. They'll get yeah. there in a second. Um. And they just start snapping at each other. Yeah. And it's like, we're fighting over the fire, but really it's just like, I'm so sick of you being here on my vacation. Yeah. Um, and then uh, at one point they say something and, uh, oh, you got some nerve. And Ackroyd goes, I am the one with the Mercedes. And John Candy goes, is it paid for? And I was like, well, hang on. This is, <laughs> it's a big reveal later. Yeah. Yeah. Why do you know that? Why are you implying that? Yeah. I think he's just needling him about it in general, you know, or, or like, you know, is it least or whatever yeah. kind of thing. Um, and then uh, he's like, I'll send you back home with a dent in your forehead. And that Benning steps in to be like, don't talk to him that way. And he's like, you want one to match? And then yeah. the, then Buck steps in between them to be like, stop fighting. And when Uncle, when or Ackroyd tries to say something like, you're your kid's got the right idea. He goes, blow it out your ass, Uncle Rome. No. <laughs> yeah. Bite the, oh, yeah, bite the right. big one, Uncle Roman, which like yeah, means yeah. nothing, but also yeah, just yeah. feels mean. Yeah. Yeah. Also, blow it out your ass is a very good, you know, tell somebody off. We line. get that one in a minute, but yeah, I do love that one yeah. too. But bite the big one, Uncle Roman. I'm always like, it really means absolutely yeah. nothing. It's like a pretty kiddie insult. It's, he doesn't swear. He doesn't, you know, it's, yeah. It doesn't even imply anything. Like, big one what? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um. So this leads to uh, Ackroyd's big moment of like, you know. Go find, your, get, no, like, go find yourself a spin cycle. Yeah, yeah. So they like pack up and leave. And as they're storming out, Ackroyd's like, you know. I was gonna let you in on this investment. And well, get, hang, I got, I got. There's thing. one more moment okay. in the at the okay, end when okay, the okay, the okay, youngest okay. son is saying like, "Are we not gonna get Christmas presents from from Dan Aykroyd this year and Annette Benning? Yeah. And then they're all all of a sudden everyone starts saying, "Blow it out your ass!" And the mom's like, "Hey, yes. hey, 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 hey! No more blowing anything out of anyone's <laughs> ass. No one is blowing anything out of their ass." And then John Candy goes, "I would like to blow Dan Aykroyd out of my ass." And then the son goes, <laughs> "You might as well blow the whole family out of your ass while you're at it, Dad." <laughs> <laughs> and then it is one of those things where it's like we've all been in the situation where you're sitting around with a group of people whether it's a family or a friend or whatever and it's like something just catches fire and then everybody's in on it immediately and this is what it feels like it's like it feels so natural that like one of them said this funny insult and then they're all just nailing it and then it ends with uh 
they say, do you understand what's going on? And he goes, aunt, uh, Uncle Roman and Aunt Kate are incredible buttheads. And they go, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so they like Aunt Kate and Uncle Roman and the kids go off to pack because they're going to storm out and leave. And um, Roman is like, oh, I was going to cut you in on this big investment. You know, and I, you know, I'm not, you know. I'm he says it is that. somehow and, insider, but not illegal, which I don't yeah. think it can be. I think yeah. by definition, yeah. insider Unless trading. you're in Congress. <laughs> Unless you're in Congress, then yeah. that stuff's all fine. Uh, but he lays on this or that commercial I shot about... three years ago for that thing that is yes, yes, the closest you can get to insider trading while still maintaining plausible deniability. Yeah, but he's like laying on this thick story about this horrible thing he said at his wedding about him, and like I heard you in the bathroom, I was in the stall, you were talking to your brother. Which, well, no, he's so he was talking to their father that he like father. It, sorry, it's sorry. weird because he says specifically we're talking to Connie and Kate's dad. And then yes. later he says that story with you and your brother. And I was like, hang on. So yeah. some, there was a revision. Yeah. 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 Okay. You're but right. like knowing that it, well, spoiler alert, it is a made up story. It is like mm-hmm. sociopath move. Yes. To, you, oh, to like sure. make up this specific story and use it yeah. to get this yeah. money that you know is fake. Yeah, I, like, I know they all, like, come together in the end, but it's crazy to me that, like, I would hold a grudge about this forever because it's lunatic behavior. Yeah, uh, this is, I would like, look, I will, I, I won't hate you, but I will never forget that you did this. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'll sit at Thanksgiving with this person, and that is about the extent of it. Yeah, and then, it's so funny. So, basically, he says, I came here to give you this investment opportunity. Now we're fighting, and I'm going to tell you this story about how you're a terrible person. And he goes, yeah. Well, to show that I'm the kind of person that can forgive and forget, I'm willing to still let you in on this deal. And I'm like, yeah, but you came here as the only one who knew the story. Like, you right. already were doing forgive and forget. Right, right. Yeah, it's it's just, you're right. It's just sociopath behavior. And I also really love, there's like a nonverbal conversation happening with uh, John Candy and Stephanie Pharisee where she's like, we need to talk about this. This is a lot of money. And, and Candy's like, so wanting to smooth this over that he's like, yeah, I, we'll, we'll figure it out. I'll cut you a check for what I can like. Acker's like, cut me a check. I'll cover the rest. And you get the rest of me on Monday. And he's like, yeah, I, I can do that. And she clearly is like, maybe we uh, should. Yeah. Maybe we should talk about this. Like, you know, so they cut to the car and Ed Benning is like really laying on. It's a thick, great monologue like, from her about like the power of family and like yes. what it means to be family. And I'm like, Oh, she is, she's earnest about this. Yeah. And it's like, she doesn't know what's going on. And, and finally she's like, I wouldn't be surprised if that was the kid's college money. And Ackroyd finally feels bad about this and is like, I got to turn around and he goes back and does his big confession. And this leads to like the big action sequence that ends the movie. But it, even as a kid watching this, I was like, there's just like it's raining hard when they go in the house, but only Ackroyd and Annette Benning go in. And I'm like, why did you leave the kids in the car to begin with? Also, as it's weird. Also, as an adult, I now I'm like, this is this cannot be a short conversation. No. So like if you're like, hey, I'm going to run in and drop off the Tupperware that I forgot. Yes. Leave the kids in yes. the car. Going in to say, hey, I've been lying and scamming you and stole money and made up a story like. Right. This is you're going to be inside for a minute. Bring the right, kids in. Right. Right. Send them up to the room with a book or something and be like, go color or read or whatever the hell, because like we got to sort some shit. Yes. Uh, so we we get the random recall back to the guy getting struck by the girls get out of the car and run toward this mine that we they were playing in earlier. We forgot to mention that and told we, like, not to play in caught. Yeah. 
So like, we got to go to the mine. Why? I don't know. They're directly in front of the house. It seems like the shortest path. Uh, so we Ackroyd see them run reveals the that he's been fired two years ago. Yes. And that he's like a coffee fetcher now. Two years is a long time to still have any yes. money. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's like he, they live paycheck to paycheck and all their stuff is facade. Like he, he they barely scrape by, but and she he keeps but stealing Annette, money. But Annette Benning didn't know any of this. So I'm like, right. What is he like? Well, how presumably did- they pre- presumably they had savings and maybe it's a situation where like she doesn't have access to the bank accounts. That's true. So if he's like putting a little money in and like sort of bleeding slowly instead of, you know, hemorrhaging. Yeah. Maybe. Um, so the ki- the girls are in this mine. Also, and, this is uh, some your crew level ADR for the twins running through the forest. Yes. Yes. I'm yes. like, it sounds like freaking EG Daly who voiced Tommy Pickles. They're like, get her in the studio. Yeah. She does a little kid voice. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Can I play in the basement with your crew? Yeah. Um, uh, so they, they end up down this mine shaft and candy and, and, uh, Akron are looking for them and they get there and they hear the kids and <laughs> Akron immediately is like, well, you go. And he's like, you're their father. But also like objectively, you don't need to send an adult down there. Adults are I heavier than children. Do. Yeah. I think you probably can't rescue these young children without an adult going down after them. I, why? I guess. Send the rope down. And be like, they, they're dumb children. You gotta, you gotta hurt them a little better than that. I think we could have. But so they don't make a plan. Ackroyd goes down by himself and Ackroyd, and then Candy's like, oh, I should go get a rope. And I thought like, Candy told him he was going to go get a rope and help. Oh, maybe. But Ackroyd doesn't wait for help. He just crawls out of the mine shaft. And somehow misses the giant bear. Yeah. Really odd. You would like smell this bear in that. that and scenario, hear the I bear. Like. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so. They get out. They go back to the house. Candy does like puts the very de- much like Dennis Nedry. Like, it's puts super the Dennis a tree Nedry. And, and, and uses the rope as sort of a pulley anchor point to pull up the rope. And oh, there's the Bart the bear face to face with the bald headed killer bear of Clare County who chases him through the woods and back to the house. We get an obvious stunt double when John Candy slipped oh, in the yeah. mud. And I was like, yes. Oh, wow. Like, I was like you don't have any. Like, you had a beefy stunt man for the for the water sports. Why can't he come back and do the mud fall? And there's also a beefy stuntman under the door when the bear is jumping on it. Oh, yeah, we, yeah, It's like, wh- why couldn't that stuntman perform this? Um, so he's like, he's holding the, he's standing in front of the door. Like, big bear, big bear, chase me. And nobody's understanding what he's saying. They're all excited uh, that he's back, family's some... bonding. And he's yeah. trying to get out the set, the front sentence. He's going, bear, big bear, big bear, big bear, chase, big bear, chase me. And then boom, the bear knocks the door down and comes into the cabin. Yeah. And so there's this, you know, he's chasing Dan Aykroyd around the room and he's like fighting him off with a poker and then also a, somehow a the fishing paddle or a, a boat paddle. The guy who runs the resort has like bear senses. Yes. Yeah. He's like, I, it's been bear, awakened. I, I will say the bear does roar r- like that would be loud as hell. So if they're, if but they're during a thunderstorm, far, it, I really feel like a bear noise would carry. And also all the screaming <laughs> of the people in the cabin. Yeah, like yeah. I could see it calling his attention, but he comes in with the gun lamp and is like, it's loaded, which is just truly insane. insane. But then he also has to plug in the lamp in order to shoot it. I think that's just a gag, I, but it's, it's ve- like, it's very funny. Yeah, it is. I, I, he takes the shade off. The shade isn't on it. It's just like a bulb at the end of a gun. Is it the shade? Is the shade off? The shade is off, yeah. I wish 
they had like established because we have like a little carnival in town moment. They should have mm-hmm. John Candy should have gone to the shooting range and it should have been like the one thing he can like show up Roman on. Yeah, yeah. Because eventually totally he like agree. takes the gun from the guy and he shoots the bear. And I was like, it would have yeah. a little payoff would have been nice for this. Although to be fair, they are a foot and a half from this bear's I know. giant ass. <laughs> it's a point blank <laughs> range. Can't, if you can't make that shot, you might be uh blind, completely blind. I, maybe. So we get some bear bear butt. Mm-hmm. And it runs away. How do you like, do you think they just, like, made a plastic thing and, like, rubber banded it to this bear? I honestly couldn't tell. Because it doesn't look like real wondering... bear. It doesn't look like real skin. Right, right. That probably is it. It just seems bonkers if so. Because I was trying to also figure out how they did the head thing. Because, again, it, it doesn't look like skin. It looks like a fake thing. Yeah. But also, I don't know what bear skin looks like, you know? So maybe know it's what... possible that... But, like, it can't look that different than human skin. They're, like, other yeah, animal skins. Yeah, I don't skins. know. Yeah, I don't know. I really have no idea. I, I did not. I was looking for it a little bit and didn't see any answers. Th- like, it wouldn't shock me if they shaved this bear's butt, but it also seems crazy if that's what they did. But I, yeah, it just it looks plasticky to me. Yeah, it does. It does. Um. Uh. So then we're like packing up to leave and go home. And uh, Ackroyd's like, well, I'll see you at home. And Candy's like, what's he talking about? And his wife reveals like, oh, by the way, they're staying with us until they go. When did they lose feet. the house? Yeah. Yeah. When do they lose no their idea. house? Well, I think it's like they're going to sell the house because they need money. Oh, gotcha. Okay. So it's like, you know, they're going to sell the house and then move into an apartment or something like that. Oh, and, th- and, and then, this is also where Buck and Cammy, she's like, I want you to go back lovesick and heartbroken yes. and compare every girl yeah. to me. I'm like, yeah, I'm sorry. I don't care yeah. about this. Who cares? I don't care about this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so they 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 race home and then we get this really fun scene that honestly I'm like this should just be in the movie where they're like at the bar and dancing and for and the hundred ninth birthday. Yeah, yeah. Uh and they're doing Land of a Thousand Dances and singing. Like this would be a thing where you give Roman a little bit of positive, right? Where it's like mm-hmm. he's he, like he's got I, the gift of gab, he's fun. Yeah, yeah. And it's like he's he saved that party from being a disaster. That night from being a disaster. Yeah. Which is a minor quibble. And I love that song, um, too. I think I meant yeah. to request it at your wedding. And I don't think I did. I don't think I don't. Th- yeah, I don't think we had that. One. We had shout, but not that. Yeah. One. I was like, what's I was like, the one that sounds very similar. Yeah. 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 Similar. It feels essence. like two. Yeah. Yeah. I, it would have been fun, but I we did not think of that one. Um, But yeah, uh, I was reading reviews and this is like this movie got just crushed like the one review was like the only fun part of this movie is the land of a thousand dances over the credits and it's like i just it just shocks me that like i know that i have a soft spot for this movie that makes me rate it higher but, like than, there's than more good things would. about this movie than that right right yeah I, I i i would give this a soft recommend you have to rent it which i like i think i got rid of my dvd at some point where i was like oh i watched this movie once a year with my family i don't need to own this and then it was like oh of course we did it for the podcast so yeah because i looked for it too have to rent I like, it. oh i don't have it yeah um but uh i'm sure it pops up on streaming services eventually over the course of a year as these things tend to do and it's it's fun it's a fun movie i like i have no apologies yeah. for liking if you this like movie. john candy I think it's you like dan Aykroyd and yeah. You like a soft 80s comedy? Go for it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's 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 a movie you can watch with your grandma and it'll be fine. There's nothing like, you know, there's a family. It's a, it is a family comedy that's not a kid's movie, which is like not a thing that really not exists common, anymore. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I, I would recommend seeking this out if you've never seen it and you like John Candy or Dan Aykroyd. Both of them are great. 
um, yeah, it's just a fun, it's a fun bit of silliness and, and great performance from Candy, uh, as pretty much always. And it's John Hughes. So if you're a John Hughes completist and you haven't hit it, you yeah. can, you can check it off that way. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Uh, if you want more of us, you can find us at Patreon, patreon.com slash dissecting the 80s. If you sign up there at the $5 tier, you get about 30 hours of bonus content and a custom RSS feed. So you get to keep listening on your favorite podcast app. Um, so check out patreon.com slash dissecting the 80s and, and find out more about how you can support the show. If you want to support the show in another way, you can write us a review if you haven't done that please do it. We, uh, we read those on the air and it's been quite a while, uh, and, uh, follow or subscribe or whatever your podcast app uses, uh, for that term, uh, the show. So you get it in your feed whenever it pops up every two weeks. Uh, and you can find us on Facebook and uh, at, at dissect the eighties on Twitter, uh, and dissecting the eighties.com for, uh, everything else you might want to need about the show. We will be back in two weeks to celebrate, uh, Thanksgiving with, the only Thanksgiving movie that exists, certainly the best one, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Yeah. Which uh, they have morphed the poster art to be a Christmas thing and drives me crazy because it's, it's a Thanksgiving movie. They made the pole. They're standing on like a North Pole pole. And I'm like, it's Thanksgiving. It's not a Christmas. It's the only Thanksgiving movie. Can we ha- let it have the one thing that it has? Uh, but anyway, that'll be in two weeks. Thank you so much for listening to the show. I have been Trip Leno. I will always be Andrew Leno. Until next time. Don't you forget about me. Dissecting the 80s is a chum sum of this production. Ow.